Hello and welcome to the National Trust podcast. In this mini episode, we'll be learning about the power, poisons and pleasures of purple through the amazing plant collection at Mount Stewart. One of the characters we're going to hear about today is Edith Lady Londonderry, whose imagination and passion shaped this place in the 1920s. Our guide, Ellen Elder, one of Mount Stewart's volunteers. Purple, it's present in every corner of the gardens. You can see lilac, you can see foxgloves, you can see alliums, huge ones the size of footballs, and all sorts of other plants in different shades of lilac and purple. It's really lovely, especially the irises. Well, I think it was one of Lady Edith's favourite colours. She wrote to her husband in 1931, I do love this place so deeply. The view of sunset was quite lovely, all gold and opal and deep purple. It is indeed the land of heart's delight. I think it was, uh, especially in times gone by, it was associated with power, with royalty and with wealth. And this was mainly because of the intense and laborious process of making purple. Uh, back in the olden days, as we would call them, it took a total of a quarter of a million mollusks to make one ounce of purple. The first recorded use of lilac as a colour name in English was in 1775, although well-connected botanists had the shrub in their gardens at the end of the 16th century. For those who know their onions, you'll have noticed that we have a wealth of purple alliums in the Italian garden and around the entranceway to the reception area. Allium giganteum, which is a common name for the giant onion, is the central and southwestern Asian species of onion, but cultivated in many countries as an ornamental border plant. It's uh, a ball, uh, ours of course being at Mount Stewart are the size of football. Uh, they're a beautiful purple colour and they consist of lots of little petals making up the main flower. And they're on a very tall stem of course, and when those are waving in the wind it's really spectacular. Foxgloves, uh, mainly to be seen up near the old dairy and the walled garden, they come in purple, white and pink. The scientific name means finger-like and refers to these with which a flower of digitalis purpurea can be fitted over a human fingertip. The flowers are produced on a, a tall spike, they're tubular and they vary in colour. And although the entire plant is toxic and led to the plants being called witch's gloves, or dead men's bells. Digitalis is used in drug preparations to treat congestive heart failure. There's still a medical use there. If you go up around the lake, you'll see some of our beautiful irises. And the worldwide success story of this flower probably began in ancient times when King Thutmose of Egypt had conquered Syria, where irises grew in great profusion. Being a gardener as well as a warrior, the king ensured that irises should be immortalised in sculptures at Karnak, and I've, I saw those earlier on in the year, as well as in the gardens of Egypt. In drawings, they were shown as symbols of the renewal of life, and they were named after the Greek messenger of gods, uh, Aris, uh, who was said to have golden wings and to travel on a rainbow. Aris means rainbow in Greek, fittingly representing the many colours of the iris flower. Here we have lovely purple ones uh, to fit the theme of purple and you can find them at the stream near the Japanese bridges. 
Well, I must confess that um, I'm now old enough to wear purple. So <laughs> I do wear it during the winter, but I love it. It's a beautiful, rich colour. And I think when Lady Edith called uh, Mount Stuart her land of heart's delight, she was right. This was a, a song from the Franz Lehar operetta Land of Smiles. And our idea here at Mount Stuart is to send visitors away with a smile on their face. Thanks for listening to this week's National Trust mini-episode. Join us next week to learn about the tales behind the topiary in Mount Stuart's Shamrock Garden. Until then, from me, Alan Power, goodbye.